Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything A. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with the president of APAS, Todd Lewis, about new records for grain movement in 2020 and a Canadian Transportation Agency ruling that the two major railways exceeded the grain revenue cap last crop year. We chat with weather office meteorologist Terry Lang about the weather stats for 2020 and an incoming freezing rain warning for the Grain Belt. Real Agriculture talks with Ted Haney with the Hemp Trade Alliance. We have a feature year-end interview with the chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers, and we hear from the nonprofit group Clean Farms. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. CP Rails says it set a record grain movement of 31.3 million metric tons in calendar year 2020. The president of APAS, Todd Lewis, says both railways have seen booming grain exports this past year. On the uh, amount of grain movement, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good news story. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a, a system that can run very efficiently and, and very well if uh, there's enough capacity on the rail for grain. Uh, this is a year that, uh, you know, with the COVID and so on, there was excess capacity and grain stepped in to uh, really, you know, help the railroads, uh, you know, and close to a billion dollars of revenue in uh, CP's case. Uh, so, I mean, it's a huge part of the bottom line for the railroads and, uh, you know, agriculture is certainly an important part of, uh, of uh, Canada's economy and uh, certainly for the railroads, it's, uh, these numbers just really go to show uh you know, how much uh, grain farmers and, uh, you know, Western Canadian grain movement uh, really supports the, uh, the economic, you know, the ec- economic uh, engine, I guess, that uh, drives Canadian railroads as, as well as the economy. Yeah, record uh, 31.32 million metric tons for CP Rail in 2020. And just December alone, they moved 2.84 million tons, a December record for them. Yeah, and one it's important to recognize is it's, uh, you know, far- farmers play a big part in that. There's been uh, lots of investment in uh, grain storage and, uh, uh, you know, semis and so on to get uh, get the grain into the elevator system. Uh, the, the grain handling system we have can also be very efficient. And, uh, you know, we've certainly seen, seen improvements there over the years and investment by grain companies as well. So... I think overall, it's a it's a good news story for the entire uh, grain grain industry, and uh, I think uh, you know it also also shows the how much uh, export demand there are for uh, or for Canadian grains, and uh, also uh, you know I think the uh, the the work that's been done at the ports, uh, you know Vancouver especially, to uh, try and ensure that we can move more grain through there, and uh, it's ever increasing amounts of grain, and it's important that uh, we continue to see improvements at the port level so that we can uh, have more grain move because uh, it seems like, you know, our, our targets are higher and higher. Export targets are always rising and uh, we're not going to be able to get there if we don't, uh, if we don't have a good transportation system. What's your reaction to the word from the Canadian Transportation Agency? The agency ruled, of course, they do at the end of almost every year, that 
the grain revenue of $933 million for CN and $999 million for CP was over the grain revenue entitlement under the federal law, and therefore they have to pay that to the Western Grains Research Foundation as well as penalties, a 5% penalty. Your reaction? Well, I think the railroads of uh, over time have gotten very good at uh, it's a complicated system. The the the, the uh, revenue maximum revenue formula that they operate under uh, they they don't want to be short. Uh, that's leaving money on the table, so they they uh, ensure that they uh, max out as 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 close to possible. And sometimes uh, they're they're a little bit uh, you know over on 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 the amount of money they they get from farmers. Uh, the good news is, I mean, that money comes back. To uh, Western Grains Research Foundation, um, you know, I'd, I would ask all farmers to uh, look at the Western Grain Research Foundation's website, and uh, that money is invested very well on behalf of uh, producers, uh, you know, in Western Canada and research dollars. And research is very important, and so it's a it's a good place for that money. But uh, you know, it's important to remember the the railroads are getting maximum amount of money out of uh, out of uh, farmers for uh, the grain that they move and. Uh, and they certainly uh, try their best not to be short, that's for sure. Were you surprised at these numbers? I mean, they're approaching a billion dollars each now. Well, I think, you know, we've seen an increase increase in freight rates. Uh, you know, I think it's really important that we look at those numbers. Uh, now isn't the time for a freight rate increase. Uh, farmers are, are paying uh, good money to the railroads. The railroads are making good revenue off of farmers. Um, rem- remember a lot of the efficiencies that uh, occur within the system, uh, you know, be it with the smaller number of delivery points or uh, uh, unit trains, all those, all those efficiencies, uh, farmers pay for. Uh, the the uh, new cars uh, that have been ordered by the railroads are currently being operated. Uh, that, that's part of the revenue entitlement program, and uh, farmers are paying more money for freight. Uh, so we've uh, invested heavily in, in those cars, and, and uh, now isn't the time for a freight rate increase. And the railroads are doing very well, and uh, you know the, their, their costs and a lot of uh, things like fuel and so on are down this year, just like they uh, are for all consumers. So I think it's uh, important to recognize the railroads are making good money. Um, you know, with they're they're maxing out uh, their revenue under under uh, the program, and uh, you know I think that uh, it's uh, just something that. Uh, we're going to uh, see continued good movement, hopefully, and uh, and when the the capacity questions start to happen again, as the rest of the economy starts up, upcoming uh, gets busier coming out of COVID, it's important to remember that that rail needs a, or agriculture needs space on the rails, and hopefully, it's going to remain there. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Environment Canada says 2020 was a strong contrast in weather between North and South Saskatchewan. Weather Office meteorologist Terry Lang says the mean temperature in Regina was 0.3 degrees warmer than normal in 2020. Well, uh, the sort of uh, split half and half, uh, the north part of Saskatchewan came in cooler than average. Uh, you know, not by much, a degree in some uh, for some places, uh, but for southern Saskatchewan, uh, mostly uh, near average or slightly below average, except for the southeast corner, they came in slightly above average, not by too much, just by a hair, but uh, so a little bit of a mixed bag across the province there. So Regina was 3.4 degrees is a mean temperature, that's 0.3 of a degree above normal and makes it the 20, 20th warmest? 
That's right, out of 125 years. So with these uh, annual stats, and we compare them, they don't vary much uh, according, you know, uh, through the numbers. So that's why, you know, it seems to rank so high, but there's so little variation from year to year when it comes to the yearly stats, which is why I think it kind of ranks a little bit higher because 0.3 of a degree warmer is, is not particularly significant, but it just indicates how little variation there is from year to year. Now let's take a look at precipitation. It was pretty dry in some parts of the south and wet in the north. Tell me a little bit about that. That It was a real split year, I'll tell you. Like across the north, it was so wet. You know, we saw that with lack of forest fires. Uh, some of the lakes are at really, really high levels. And just, you know, continued wet through the summer and, and well into the fall and into freeze up. And they're still continuing to accumulate a lot of uh, precipitation up there through the winter. And then through the south, very, very uh, dry, uh, particularly um, in the, the southern part. Uh, Moose Jaw came in with their uh, driest year recorded out of 104 years of uh, record. So that's not insignificant. And a lot of other places came in the top 10. Esteban, their second driest. Regina, their fourth driest. Swift Current's fourth driest. And Yorkton with their fifth driest. So, you know, very, very dry across the south. And precipitation was down roughly how much in many of those spots? Well, if we take, for instance, Moose Jaw, uh, they only received 179.6 millimeters compared to 365.2. So they only got 49% of their average precipitation. So they only got half of their, their average precipitation. So that's a fairly significant. And Regina was at 52%, so not much different there. Not much different there. Just, you know, if you got one more rainstorm than the next person, then, you know, that, that could make the difference. And, of course, this takes into account the snow that's fallen. And that's, uh, it, it's melted snow, so we know that the, the water content of the snow can vary quite a bit um, from place to place. So if you get hit with a really big, soggy uh, snowstorm, uh, that can really bring your precipitation totals up. Like, for instance, for, for Swift Current, they got hit by that big storm in uh, November with a very high water content. Now, today, it looks like it could be a bit stormy in some places, by that I mean uh, freezing rain. Tell me a little bit about that. What's happening in the Saskatchewan Grain Belt? Well, we do have a trough of low pressure that's crossing the province right now. Um, we've seen uh, lots of uh, freezing rain, albeit brief, uh, you know, an hour's worth, but certainly that can uh, really make a mess out of the roads. Uh, it also puts sort of a crusty layer on, on the snow uh, uh, as well. So uh, that's moving through, but we're expecting that to sort of switch over to uh, more rain or rain-snow mix later on in the day, but it'll be out of the province. Uh, by uh, late afternoon, it'll be out of the southern part of the north. It'll keep snowing up there, expecting up to five centimeters of snow through central and northern Saskatchewan. A little bit of wind coming in behind to drop the temperatures, but then we're back to our, uh, our mild temperatures again for the rest of the week. What is the long-range winter forecast for southern Saskatchewan? Well, <laughs> we were uh, no- noticing that uh, La Nina uh, had set up in the uh, Pacific Ocean, and what that does is it generally gives uh, Western Canada a colder than average and a wetter than average um, type of winter. But so far, we have not seen that pattern kick in. Um, it's been uh, December was well above average, quite dry as well. So so far, Lenina hasn't uh, hasn't come through yet. We, of course, we still have uh, two more months of, of winter, so we may pay for this uh, nice uh, air down the road. But we'll, we'll see what uh, Mother Nature's got up her sleeve. 
And as of this hour, the Regina Weather Office says the freezing rain warning has ended for Regina. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. My guest today is Ted Haney. He's Executive Director of the Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance. Hey, Ted, you're, you're fresh off your big annual meeting there a couple weeks ago. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to be the two-day MC of the event. Uh, you had attendants from all over the world. We did. We had, uh, we had a half a dozen countries uh, present, uh, over 100 participants. And for our first ever online conference, we we're very, very pleased. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, hemp is an interesting crop. There is uh, extreme passion from people that have been in it for quite some time, but there's a lot of new entrants into this crop as well. What, why do you think there's so many, so much interest from from new farmers looking to enter the, you know, this get involved in this crop? I think it's rotation, rotation, rotation. Uh, farmers are looking at a way to broaden their crop mix, look at different sources of revenue. They might have uh, had some experience with neighbors. Uh, a lot of cases they're actually entering because they have a relationship with either a seed buyer for food processing or a uh, decorticator, a fiber processor, or they have a relationship with a licensed cannabis processor so they can sell their flowers for cannabinoid our CBD extraction. And I think more and more we're starting to see those entrants rather than somebody who just had a good idea and want to give it a try. But rotation is a big part of this too, looking just to broaden the, the crop mix. Yeah, we're always looking for new crops to add into the, the cycle and crops that have potential for profit too. That's a, There's lots of crop options out there, but it's, it's can you make money growing them that's important. So when we look at the end uses for hemp, it, 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 does it come down to food, fiber, and flour, the three Fs? That's right. I mean, we look at it as food, feed, fiber, and fractions, and the feed side is is today relatively narrow. The only functioning feed market is export of uh, small seed to Europe for the bird seed market, but we're working on a, a very, very aggressive project to register all of our major food products and seed products for livestock as livestock feed ingredients here in Canada. That's going to open up a great revenue stream. But yes, it's food selling uh, hemp seeds to food processors. They in turn make hemp seed oil, uh, dehulled hemp seed, hemp seed proteins, isolates, concentrates. Uh, that's by far our largest revenue stream in Canada. Has there been any developments in the fiber processing side of hemp? For example, new processors in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, we've seen the entrance or the entry of uh, three new players in the commercial decortication area. And we've also seen scale ups within those and other companies. So we've got, you know, now probably eight uh, you know, operating companies and and within that, a couple of them are in their scale up. So when I say food feed, fiber and fractions, the fiber side today is still um, really has a capacity for 10 or 15% of the total straw produced in Canada. So 
It's not a functioning national market, but it is producing revenue for farmers who have an association with those fiber processors or those decorticators. And yeah, it is expanding. If for some growers in, in the country that are growing hemp, are, are they trying to access multiple streams of, of those end uses? And, and how possible is that? Like, can you break that down for us a little bit? Sure. Dual purpose seems to be something that's doable. The uh, hope for tri-purpose is, is really uh, a bit of a stretch. So there are uh, producers out there that are growing for uh, seed and also harvesting uh, stocks for uh, decortication. That product, because it's a little more mature as a plant when it's harvested, typically doesn't stream into fiber processing for textiles, but it works really well for some of the other uh, products like insulation, hempcrete, etc. So uh, that seems to be a dual purpose that works. There's a dual purpose of people that are growing primarily for fiber, but also harvesting the flowers at an earlier uh, uh, point in the maturity of the plant. So that's a dual purpose that seems to be working also. With respect to all three, um, I think there's some folks that are trying it, but um, there's a fair bit of harvest loss of the cannabinoids or trichomes when you combine a mature uh, plant. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.net. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlay and red balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Today, the freezing rain warning has been ended for Regina, but the southeast could see some periods of freezing rain or snow ending early this afternoon, then mainly cloudy. Wind southeast 30. The high today plus 1, the low minus 9, wind chill minus 14 overnight. Wednesday, sunny, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high 0, the low minus 3. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 13. Friday, sunny, the high minus 6, the low minus 13. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 4, the low minus 10. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 3, the low minus 10. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4. Normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23 for this date. The sun rose at 8.58 this morning. It sets at 5.10 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek, for the second day in a row at plus 2. The cold spot, way north, Greenham City, minus 22. Estevan is plus 2. Saskatoon, minus 2. Swift Current, minus 1. Weyburn, 0. Yorkton is minus 4. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's minus 1, that's 30 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 24. Humidity 87%, the barometer rising 100.9. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, plus 2. Winds are from the west-southwest at 28. Once again, Regina, cloudy, minus 1, that's 30 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers describes 2020 as a decent year for farming in Saskatchewan. Daryl Fransu of Glassland says the coronavirus pandemic posed certain challenges for farmers, but was not too severe. 2020 up here was a, was a decent year. We're lucky to have some good prices. There was definitely some challenges. You know, um, COVID is, is the top news story for 2020, undoubtedly. Luckily, our grain industry had little impact. And with food security being a top of mind for a lot of countries, it actually increased demand for our goods. So, you know, from a grain farmer's, farmer's perspective, COVID wasn't a big detriment to our industry. But it was somewhat challenging a bit, getting parts and delivering grain, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, safety protocols that had to be uh, implemented on farms, there, there was some inconveniences. But we were one of the lucky sectors that, that was harmed less than others. Reflect on grain movement and grain prices. CN and CP have done a, a very good job this, this grain year. We're, we're fortunate that they, they've moved grain at a record pace. Let's be honest, they've, they've done better than they've done before. When it comes to grain prices, hard red and bread wheat has kind of been a dog. We're lucky that demand is up with uh, most of our grains and oil seeds and pulses. Uh, we're in a spot where in 2021, it looks like we can maybe pencil in a profit. 2020 was an interesting year. There was a lot of crop left over winter, so spring was seeding and harvest at the same time. And uh, despite the dry year, we got the second largest crop, according to the agriculture minister, that we've ever had in Saskatchewan. Reflect on that for me. Yeah, there's always trials and tribulations when it comes to farming, but we, we've been innovators. We're at a point where we're very sustainable. We're... we're we're doing things to make our soils and our environment better, and, and that's coming through in our yields, even in tough times. We, our crops can take the adversity that they couldn't take because of the practices that we've adopted as, a, as an industry. The wheat growers celebrated its 50th anniversary in a somewhat unusual style because of COVID-19. You couldn't hold a, a big meeting. Uh, tell me a little bit about the new book that came out. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, COVID kind of put a damper on our 50th anniversary. We're still really proud that we've been around for that long. We put out a book commemorating the last 25 years. It's available on our website at wheatgrowers.ca. It, it's a very good read. It tells the history of the last 25 years and, and all the incredible people that have helped the, the farm industry from the Western Canyon Wheat Growers. Daryl, I want you to now look forward to 20. 21. What are your thoughts on grain movement to grain prices and, and are you optimistic? I am optimistic, but there is definitely challenge that, challenges that we're going to face. Um, you know, the, the carbon tax increase is, is one that is going to hurt our industry badly. It, it's going to bankrupt farmers, quite frankly. So that's, that's definitely one thing that we're going to stay on top of. There, there's other things like the code of practice coming out, which is an interesting concept and consultations are starting on that next week. And we'll keep working on rural broadband, trade uh, trade disruptions and whatnot. Though with the grain prices the way they are right now, I, I think there is a chance that we can pencil in a profit. And, and I think our industry is going to do well in the new economy. So is it fair to say you're optimistic about 2021? I am, but there is big challenges. Um, you, you know, farmers feel right now like we're being 
we're, we're having to fight for our livelihood. It seems like every corner that we turn, we're being attacked. You know, we sequester carbon. We rely on science. We're innovators. We're land stewards. But for some reason, we keep getting attacked from all angles. And that's something that uh, I, I guess as an industry, we have to change the, the perspective of people that maybe don't understand our industry. And by that, you're referring to the carbon tax. To the carbon tax and just some of our, our practices that that are under attack, e- even though we rely on science. We're, we're doing what science tells us is the best practices, but we're still getting pushed back on that. Um, it, it, it's our job to change public per- perception, tell them the good story, the good news story about what farmers are doing. Daryl Fransu of Glasslin is the chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The non-profit group Clean Farms is predicting that 2020 will go down as a successful year for collecting agricultural waste for safe disposal. Executive Director Barry Friesen says COVID-19 created some challenges, but collection rates were high. The organization collected obsolete farm chemicals in southern Saskatchewan this year, this past year, as well as grain bags, and launched a new pilot program to recycle baler twine in Saskatchewan. Friesen explains the impact of the coronavirus on Clean Farms. Well, it certainly did. At the start of it, we've had delayed collections in the east. We also had to put our seed and pesticide bag pilot on hold for one year in the west. Uh, That will be starting up again in 2021. And uh, very early in the pandemic, we were able to get control over, you know, with new protocols and to ensure social distancing as farmers brought their materials back and uh, that there were the proper protocols in place. They did affect us when we operated our unwanted pesticides and animal health product collections. And all that simply was to ensure that we had the proper procedures in place so that uh, there was no spread of COVID-19. But in the end, uh, we've collected uh, farmers simply held on to the materials until it was safe to take them back and we had everything in place. So uh, for us, it has been great. You know, from an office perspective, we a lot of our we have four offices. Most of them uh, operated re- remotely, so that uh, there is little social uh, social interaction anyway. So we simply our, our head office where we have uh, a few more people. We simply are working from home right now until this pandemic is done. Barry Friesen is the executive director of Clean Farms. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Canola gained 9.10 at 604.37. Number one red spring wheat rose 5.67 at 259.88. The rest unchanged. Durham 299.46. Feed barley 234.70. Flax 693.37. Lentils 572.50. Oats 225.53. 
Yellow peas, 334.89. Feed wheat, 183.72. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March red spring wheat rose 9.5 cents at 6.08 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the end of the year, 2020. There are no cattle auctions at this time of year, so there is no up-to-date uh, market information. But we can reflect on the year so far. During the fall run, calf prices were very similar to the previous fall. Same thing. Some cow-calf producers were disappointed that prices were not higher. Well, COVID in the spring of 2020 temporarily shut down the big packing plants, creating a backlog of fat or finished cattle. That had to be dealt with in the fall thanks to the set-aside program. China is buying grain like never before. As a result, the feedlots are fattening cattle with $6 a bushel barley, record cost of gain. COVID-19 has affected consumer incomes. As a result, they are buying cheaper cuts of meat, hamburger, chicken, pork, etc., all things considered, when you look at the entire equation, I think we did a great job of keeping feeder prices as high as they were. Uh, we were, dealt, were not dealt a very good hand, but had to have played it well for everyone to st- stay in the game. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the Brandon and Moose Jaw Plants, 144.84 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Suncor Energy is taking a hit from its investment in the White Rose offshore oil field off the coast of Newfoundland. The Calgary-based company says it will take a $425 million impairment charge related to the $2.2 billion West White Rose expansion project. The project was intended to access 200 million barrels of crude oil and extend the life of the White Rose field by about 14 years. But Suncor says the recent acquisition of project operator Husky Energy by Synovus has cast doubt on the future of the project. New research suggests Canada's vast network of protected national parks don't adequately safeguard areas that provide fresh water and recreation to nearby populations. The paper, published today in the journal Environmental Research Letters, looks at which parts of the country are able to provide fresh water, carbon storage and recreational opportunities, and where those benefits are most needed. The research found hotspots where environmental assets are both abundant and heavily used, yet do not line up with Canada's protected areas network. The study authors say land use planners are going to have to value landscapes for more than what can be cut or dug out from them. On the markets, gains in the energy sector boosted Canada's main stock index as the price of oil surged higher, while U.S. stock markets were mixed in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was up 63 points at 17,591. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 29 points at 30,194. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.48 cents U.S. compared with 78.43 cents Monday. The February crude oil contract was up. $2.26 at $49.88 a barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. 
Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.